If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Thursday, November 2nd, and we are here trying to help you make better financial decisions or maybe at least point you in the right direction. There are so many paths in front of you. Okay, that's what I really want to remind everybody. There's no one way to get to where you want to go. And if you would like to help yourself, then let us help you. Tell us what's going on in your life by going to jillonmoney.com, hit the contact us button. Just give us a little bit of a background, what's going on, frame your question for us. And if you want to join us live, just check that box. And the thing that's really cool about this process is that Again, because there are many paths that could lie ahead, our job, Mark and I, what we really like to do is sort of help you figure out which of these paths makes most sense. And often when you come on the program, you might come in thinking one way, but we may point out another way. Wherever you want to go, that's great, but we just want to make sure you've got some support. That's what we do. We are here to support you. While you're on the website, don't forget, you can sign up for the free weekly newsletter. You can check out the blog. I just wrote about bonds. Stop writing me about bonds and how you're gnashing your teeth over your bond losses. Grow up, people. Bonds go up and down. I'm just kidding. I really do care and I know it hurts. I'm a huge bond owner and I know looking at the mark to market can hurt. If you're worried, if you're concerned, I've got a blog post up about the bond market. You can sign up for the free weekly newsletter. You can buy the book. You can subscribe to Jill on Money Live. You can do all of that right now. We are going to talk to Warren and his undisclosed wife. He's from Nebraska. Maybe it's Warren Buffett. Let's see. Hi, Warren. Welcome to the program. Well, good morning, Jill. Thanks for having me on. I'm sorry to disappoint you. This isn't quite Warren Buffett, even though I do have shares in his uh, Berkshire Hathaway account. All right. Fair enough. So what brings you to us today? Got a few questions. We're trying to figure out whether or not it's worthwhile to keep our whole life policy We've talked to our uh, insurance agent about converting that into something to take care of long-term care, as well as mm-hmm. we made a few moves in our brokerage account to take advantage of some tax loss harvesting, looking for a little confirmation that we did it right. Okay. That sounds fair. Tell us a little bit about what's going on for you guys in terms of work life. Um, are you both working or just one of you working or what's going on? Okay. Uh, I'm 56. 
my wife's 54. We're full-time RVers. I took a buyout last year to retire. My wife jumped at the opportunity. We're currently uh, outside of St. Louis, Missouri, on our way to Florida for the winter. I will work. I just can I stop you for one second? So we just had uh, we just were talking to somebody who desperately wants to spend two hundred grand on an RV. You know, I don't know if that even is a nice RV. You'll let me know about that. And the question really was like we were saying to them, like, well, why are you going to do that if you don't have the time to do it? So how did you figure out that at, in your mid fifties that you could do this? We had a call with a financial analyst. As our call ended, this was in like 2017, 2018. She goes, I don't know why you guys are keep talking about 64, 62, or 67, 65. You guys could retire in like 2024, 2023. And my immediate response was, you don't tell us that at the end of our call. Shouldn't you tell us that at the beginning of our call? And she goes, well, my, my follow-up call or my follow, my call after you canceled earlier, so I got a half hour. So then she laid it all out for us, how we could make this happen. So it involves selling our house and okay. using the proceeds to live on for a couple of years, as well as buy what we wanted to do for a travel. We bought a fifth wheel and a one-ton pickup. I don't even know what those words mean, but I'm going to ask you that in a second, but just stand by. So what is the source of income right now that you guys have? Anything? Do you have rental income or do you have pension income? Uh, I have a small pension, which was part of the buyout offer. Um, I get a whopping $441 a month on that. We live a little on our sale of our house proceeds, but I will mm-hmm. start work at the RV park where we're going to stay uh, November one. And I make roughly $1,900 a month gross, or at least that's what I did for January through March. We'll see if that stays the same. Okay. So what what does your expense side look like? You know, with a small pension, you do a little part-time work, but what do the expenses look like for you on an annual basis? Uh, Roughly 45 to 50,000. I presume because you're flying all over the country there or driving all over the country. Do you you have grown children or no children? We do not have any children. This is part of the whole full-time RV or thing, I think. Can you imagine if you had two little rugrats and you had to put them through college? There goes your RV money. You're done. Let's talk about the amount of money you've saved. You You said you've got, you sold the house, there are proceeds. What's left of the proceeds of the home sale? Roughly $75,000. Okay. And is that just sitting in a cash account or invested? What What is that? Where it's is that sitting now? in a high yield savings account. What about other savings that you've done? Tell us about what you've done so we far. We have roughly 35000 in an emergency account. My wife has 217000 in a traditional IRA, 250000 in a Roth. Uh, the brokerage account that we talked about, the tax loss harvest, uh, is a little over twenty one five. Uh, she would. She's eligible for a pension next year. She worked less than we than our fewer years than I did. So hers is like two twenty a month next year. Um, if she waits till sixty five, it goes up to about three twenty. Uh, for me, I have thirteen thousand dollars in cash in a um, sold my sick leave and vacation. Uh, I had to leave it with the former employer for a year. Now I'm eligible to transfer it as I wish. I also have. 
40,000 in an old uh, 457 uh, account with that former employer. I have 152,000 in a Roth, uh, 124,000 in a traditional IRA. And uh, one move we made before I retired, I've got 204,000 in a uh, IR, traditional IRA with a previous employer because of the tax breaks. You can you know, claim it after 55 with your last employer. What about the whole life policy? What, where, where is that? Like, do you each have one or just one policy? Um, on, she on has a lives? term for 250000 for the next 10 years uh, up until we go out. She would be eligible for Medicare. I have two mm-hmm. whole life policies. Uh, one my parents bought on me when I went to college. That's, that's $100,000. I have a little over 205000 in another one. Uh, that's that's the one that we'd look to roll over into the uh, long-term care. It's got roughly about $80,000 in cash value. That one does. The surrender is period is up on the, obviously the one from your parents. The 205000 is the surrender period up on that? No. Uh, I mean, yes, it is expired. Sorry. Okay. Okay, good, good. Just want to make sure. So let's talk a little bit about your brokerage account. You're managing that yourself. Are you also managing all these other accounts on your own? We were fortunate enough to work, have employers that have TIA manage their accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've mm-hmm. kept those uh, for the traditional and Roths. Uh, they pretty much have overseen the brokerage accounts. When we met with our advisor in the in the spring, he was like, we talked about a few things going on, and he's like, "Well, you got all this tax loss harvesting you can do in your brokerage account." He goes, "I can't do that for you, but I can tell you, what, I can have you, I can encourage you to do it." So that's what we did. Right, great. So you sold some losers, right? Correct. And what was the total amount of loss that you claimed on that account for this year, for 2023? We went a little nuts. Um, <laughs> Okay. So uh, about 8500 We mm-hmm. know that we can carry it over over a couple years. Right. Absolutely. Although you could take gains also if you want to just reposition some money. If you well, feel which like is what our advisor like- just gave us a little heads up. He goes, hey, you know, you might want to take advantage of some, you know, your, some growth in your uh, brokerage account here and move forward. And mm-hmm. So what is it that you – and you've been doing this for how long, the full-time RVing? The house sale went through June thir- or mid-July. The RV came about mm-hmm. two weeks later, and we've hit the road after ever since. If you look at like the money you're you're going through, you you do feel comfortable that the forty-five to fifty grand is is pretty much all in, right? In terms of your needs, yeah. We, I mean, we've okay. had a few uh, unforeseen expenses, but they didn't knock us out of our budget. It, what's the game plan that you keep doing this for 10 years or 12 years and then you claim your your social security benefit and then you're kind of golden and like you'll spend some of your money down? Is that what the general game plan is? We hope to do this till we're 70 or until the body tells us that, you know, it's yeah, it's tired and it doesn't feel like fixing a blow a tire blowout that happened last night on the road. Oh, dear. Okay. Would you claim Social Security at your full retirement age or 70, do you think? We're doing the great debate between full retirement and 70 right now. Okay, a couple of things. It sounds like you're, there are two different people who are giving you advice, right? There's the woman who's like, hey, you can quit now. Is she still in your life in terms of advice, investment advice? She, well, she actually took her own advice and retired. Um, 
she, and she was with a previous employer. But we took all the information that she gave us and went and met with our, you know, turnover happened. So our former advisor with TIA, and he goes, mm. oh, no, that can't happen. And I go, well, here's all the data. And so then he ran through the whole thing and he was like, yeah, you guys can really do this. All right, good luck. What's funny about it is I just the reason why I say that is I as you were telling me the story, I was like, no way. These I literally was in the back of my head. I'm like, no way. But you're telling me the story. And now I think I, I understand why it can work. Also, because it sounds like you're willing to hustle a little bit, you know, when, you know, you can make the $1,900 a month and maybe not, maybe it's not $1,900 a month every month for 12 months, but that you can bring in a few extra bucks for a while, right? What is the amount of money that you think you will bring in for a full year of part-time work? What's that amount? Uh, right now, we've got it kind of figured out between our pension, interest, we're trying to come up with like a between like nineteen and twenty one thousand dollars. Our insurance broker for in terms of health insurance was like mm-hmm. he goes, Here's your kind of sweet spot so you can qualify for some plans on the healthcare marketplace and mm-hmm. yet not be completely uh, like cash. You can't you, then you're not like digging into the portfolio and making too much money. Correct. And, uh, and, and depleting too much of the money. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the brokerage cut. So everyone listening, this is a great question because we're coming into the end of the year. And I think when you think, when you look at tax loss harvesting, the goal is to identify the positions that are in your taxable brokerage accounts or taxable accounts that have losses. Now, for many people, that could be if you bought bonds in the beginning of the year, it could be that you bought a stock at the wrong time. It could just be a strange thing that's kicking around in your portfolio that's gone down. You identify the amount of the losses you have. And in your case, 8,500 bucks, right? Correct. Now, what you can do concurrently is you can say, let me see if there is some money that I want to take off the table in terms of gains. So maybe you can identify two or three grand of money that you're like, you know what? I'm going to trim this position. It's okay. I'm going to start over. But you can take up to the amount of losses in your gains and have no actual cost, tax cost of reallocating your portfolio. So you could potentially sell up to $8,500 of gains if you wanted to. If you don't do that, then as you now know, I'm just saying this for everyone else, whatever is the unused portion of losses, you can take $3,000 against your ordinary income and claim that, and you can carry forward that loss to next year because maybe next year you won't have any other losses, but you have some gains still, and you can take the gains against the losses that you had from the previous year. It's very good habit to have if you have a taxable account. And for those of you listening who are like, there's no way I'm going to do that, many of the automatic platforms like a Betterment and some of the service advisor at Vanguard and Schwab, uh, many of them will do this for you for that quarter, a percent a year, 30 basis points a year. So this is obviously the smaller part of your total portfolio. I guess that there's a question that I have around converting the the whole life policy into long-term care, because I don't know if you need it. I wonder if if it might be more valuable to you to have the cash value of those two policies in your brokerage account so that you have the, you basically have the ability to have more liquidity and flexibility. 
So have you talked a little bit about that with the advisor about, well, you know, why, why buy long-term care? You know, maybe is it better for us to just have the, the money and add that to our brokerage account? Did you guys ask that question? Uh, not to our TIA, TIAA representative. I would ask that question. Look, so you're kind of young on the long-term care, number one. Number two, long-term care is expensive. I mean, yes, you are sort of a bit in the sweet spot in that you have assets that you could plow through if one of you were to get sick. That's true. On the other hand, I'm also worried about like longevity. Do you guys have longevity between the two of you and your families? Might it be worth it for you to potentially have access to your money rather than tie it up in a long-term care policy or some other permanent insurance policy that would be problematic for you guys? I don't know, Mark, do you have an opinion about that? Do you know what I'm saying? That like, maybe we should actually just grab that money and add it so that they have access to the money considering they need access to the money? You know, unless he's changing a lot of tires in the middle of the night on the dark road. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Be careful when you change the tires and we're, we're good. Um, Th- thankfully, so that was I, on the passenger side of the RV last night, of uh, the trailer, so I, I didn't have to worry about diving in and out of traffic. Warren, I want you to know that I have full anxiety about all of the details of your life right now. But um, so that's kind of says the nice Jewish girl from New York who's never actually been in an RV, although I've seen them. I've seen I, the only RV I've been in. Let me be clear. I have been in an RV. A neighbor across the street of, for the, where I live has an RV. It's massive. And I walked in and I could not believe how big it was and that it looked like a full apartment, like incredible to me. I think that you guys are in a pretty wild situation. I am inclined to really want the money out of those permanent life insurance policies, adding those to the brokerage accounts. And, you know, again, being careful about how you spend, but you really have done a nice job of squirreling away money and making this work. So, you know, right now, as far as I'm concerned, you know, all you need to do is kind of grit it out and have fun and make a few bucks and pull some money out of the portfolio. You'll have social security and let's see what happens over the course of time. You'll have a flexible plan. Will there be any tax implications regarding the withdrawal and the cash so out of the there insurance? could be. Yes, there could be a tax hit. I don't think you're going to have one on the 205000 I don't know how old it is, but you should at, before you pull out of it, you should ask the insurance company, what will the tax liability be if I pulled the money out? That's the question you want to ask. Okay. And if you have some nasty big tax that's due, the alternative would be to borrow the money out of the policy, which is a little more complicated, but it is at least Let's understand first, find out first, is there a tax liability? We just need to get that checked out. Do you have like a will and a power yes. of attorney and a healthcare proxy? Thank God, because he's out driving all over the country. Do you take turns driving? I drive from X to Y, and then I provide some instructions so my wife can back us into various locations. You guys, I feel very comfortable that that you can do this. You sound like you got good heads on your shoulders. Don't be afraid to do a little work here and there when you get it. And even if you had to pay a little bit more for health insurance, not dipping into your assets is also worth something as well. So 
there is a sweet spot, but if you make a little bit more and you know, oh gosh, I didn't quite, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about that. Congratulations. Well, thank you. They are full-time RVers. So we are very grateful that you joined us and um, be careful out there. We really, we we're worried about you, man. Be careful. Thank you. And we'll try to be as careful as we can. And if we're really lucky, you know, if you need uh, passes to the next Berkshire Hathaway shareholders meeting on May 4th, uh, 2024, please let me know and I'll, uh, I'll add you to our list. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. It is an amazing thing that we get to peek into your lives. That's why we love it when you join us on the air. If you would like to do so, just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button and check that box. If you do want to join us while you're on the website, check out all the free content, buy my book, The Great Money Reset. Talk about a great money reset. Holy smokes. They are living it big time. And you can check out the Jill on Money live subscription service for $35, access to quarterly live webinars and more bonus content. All right. Uh, don't forget to put your hands metaphorically on Warren and his wife's back. May they never have a flat tire for the rest of 2023. That's all we can do for you. And we send you lots of great energy. Thanks so much for listening. All of you change your work, change your wealth, change your life. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students.